0: Welcome to What's Up With with Erica. A couple of updates that we have today. Um, This is no longer going to be What's Up With with Erica. Now it is just going to be called What's Up With. Another change um, on this podcast is now I have a co host with me, Nick. So it's going to be the two of us talking. From now on, um, which is why it's not going to be "What's Up with with Erica" now. It's just going to be "What's Up with," and we're still going to be talking about anything and everything. You know, "What's Up with X, Y, and Z" or whatever. Um, and originally, this was was supposed to be a joint podcast. It was supposed to be Nick and I, but he wasn't really on board with it at first. So I just kind of did it on my own and realized that having a conversation by myself was a bit hard. Um, So I kind of just asked him again if he wanted to to join and now here he is. So hopefully you guys will enjoy what's up with, with Nick and Erica.
1: Yeah. Well, um, thank you for the introduction and the uh, invitation. I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast. And I think that you really touched upon an interesting point that, you know, the premise is an ongoing conversation about topics and what better way to explore those topics than in conversation. Form. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know for this purpose having two people makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, thanks and I'm excited.
0: Thank you for joining me finally. <laughs> it's been like <laughs>
1: 2020 was quite the year. Yeah,
0: no, I agree 2020 was the year and I think yeah. that that's why um the episodes for this podcast were so inconsistent because it was just like one thing after another. Um, and like, I completely understand why you didn't join at first, but now that we've kind of like settled into the new normal, um, we can, we can start what we've been meaning to, to start. And yeah, I mean, you said that, you know, this, this podcast is about having conversations on certain topics. And I feel like if I did this by myself, the topics would be very one-sided, and you and I are constantly having conversations and debates on
1: we really are.
0: Many different things. Um,
1: and that's actually a really good point because um, we'd like to kind of couch this conversation that these opinions are solely held by Erica and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are by no means experts, but I will also say, We certainly have, uh, experience in some of the areas that we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that our purpose in doing this is as much for ourselves as a potential audience, um, as we explore the conversations that we've already been having, um, in between, you know, uh, in a, in a more personal setting. So it's going to be really interesting to, to be able to take these and maybe perhaps build a wider conversation with, mm-hmm. with an audience as we yeah. there.
0: Yeah. So that, that's the hope is to, I mean, you and I are going to have these conversations, but we also want to open it up to our audience, um, to, you know, just get a different number of opinions. Cause it's not one side or the other, There's just so many sides to one topic.
1: True. Um,
0: but some of them are going to be casual and fun. Some of them are going to be more serious. So. And
1: to that point, I think um, obviously with any kind of podcast, a certain amount of preparatory work needs mm-hmm. to go into it. Um, and I'm really interested to see how that plays out based off of the topics that you know um, we're going to be exploring. Because my hope is that this is an interesting conversation where you can approach it and learn something, but by no means do uh i want to come across as as an authoritative type source so um you know bear with us as we cut our teeth so to speak with our research into various topics
0: yeah we're not we're not here to change people's minds if anything we're here to get our minds changed our opinions changed um so yeah just just starting a, a conversation between ourselves and then opening opening it up to our audience.
1: Right. And uh, on that note, uh, Eric and I kind of tossed around some first topics Mm -hmm. for this podcast revamp. Yeah. Um, And something that I think we both found uh, we had a passion for in in talking about was how uh, music Oh, sorry. I'll turn this back over to you. Uh,
0: Whose who's, who's podcast originally was this? <laughs> you're like, so you're excited. Yeah, I tried cutting in and you, you kept going. So I was just like, is he, is he going to do it? Is he going to...
1: I got to work on those cues, I guess. Is he going to
0: do it? Um, Yeah, so we're going to start off with a fun casual one. And it's going to be uh, today's podcast. We're going to talk about our intercultural relationship and how, um, that has affected our taste in music. So, yeah. So I think that the main music genre that we're going to focus on is country music, but we're also going to dabble a bit in Spanish music, like, um, Mexican, Latin American, Spanish music, not like Spain, Spanish music.
1: And I, and I think we're gonna really focus on those two different genres because mm-hmm. coming from our, uh, you know, backgrounds, those are the two biggest changes I think we can agree. We've seen in uh, our music choices for mm-hmm. uh, each other. Yeah, um, We've seen the, the greatest range of growth and not only that, uh, legitimate appreciation, I think. Yeah. Um,
0: Okay, so let's get started. Um, tell me about your background in country music.
1: So, uh, <laughs> no yes, this let's is get started. <laughs> a great, good place, a great place to start. Yeah. Um, I wasn't born in a city, a large city. I grew up in a small town, about a couple thousand people. In fact, I grew up in, in the country, surrounded by cornfields. So. Yeehaw. Yeah. Exactly. Big yeehaw. I like to say that I grew up in a cornfield.
0: <laughs> you did. I, I your did. house is surrounded by, by
1: three fields sides. of
0: corn. Yes. Yeah. That's
1: it's so scary. Beans.
0: Children of
1: the Corn? Uh, that movie did <laughs> terrify me growing up.
0: I um, bet it did. It, it really
1: did. But so my dad kind of styled himself as uh, a cowboy, even though he's an engineer. But from my earliest memories, he was always wearing a cowboy hat listening to, you know, Garth Brooks and uh, the greats from the 90s, Tim McGraw. So obviously, um, you know, my earliest memories would be driving in his Jeep and him listening to the Country Western Music Station. So Country had a a large part in my formative years as far as, you know, kind of music goes. Um, So fast forward, uh, to when I moved to the city after graduating from grad school and uh, I met Erica, I was coming from a perspective of this cowboy, moved to the city. Yeehaw. Yeehaw.
0: I'm going to say yeehaw like every oh, little Please, way. please.
1: I, I, I appreciate that. Um, and I felt it was a way to kind of conserve a part of myself and have a little bit of individuality, I guess, amongst the big city. So I really focused on the country. And when we would drive, or so you
0: were unique,
1: I tried to be
0: (laughs) because you were like, I'm a small town boy.
1: Yep, yep,
0: and I didn't have a pickup truck, I had a Ford
1: Focus, but you get the picture good
0: good enough. Good enough.
1: Um, so of course, you know, as Eric and I got to know each other, I exposed her to the the greats of my past, and also, um, you know, I got a shout out to 955 here in Chicago, uh, great radio station, mm-hmm. excellent with the hits for country. So, you know. Um,
0: the, so I guess my question is, you were kind of forced to listen to country music.
1: It, 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 and At so first. far as, you're right, because you know, your, your dad, yeah. you're just a little kid in, in the backseat and he listens to mm-hmm. uh, what he wants to. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I would say, I was forced.
0: You were forced, and then you were forced to like it, and then you voluntarily liked it.
1: Agreed. Yeah,
0: I think that I had the same exact experience with that with you. Um, that's how I came. Yeah. That's how I came to like country music. But I'm curious to know what your, uh, I guess, as a kid, what your experience with Hispanic and Latin American music was.
1: I, I will say it kind of fell into two categories. Um, it was, uh, you know, mid two thousands, daddy Yankee, Gasolina.
0: But you were um, like in your late teens in the 2000s, weren't you early? Yeah. Teens? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, of course you're Enrique Iglesias and from Spanish in high school, Juanes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously a little bit skewed because I had the opportunity to live in Spain when I was a kid. So, you know, I was exposed to a lot of, uh, Spanish artists, La Reja de Van Gogh comes to mind. Um, so, but traditional, I, I think, you know, like, um,
0: Mexican banda corridos. Right. And then like the that.
1: other side of it was, you know, if we went to a Mexican restaurant or something, they would be playing yeah. a more traditional style music. But it
0: wouldn't stick.
1: It, it, you know, I, I wouldn't
0: have been able to say, oh, this song is familiar. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, whereas now... Or
0: differentiate even the, the genres of right, like the Spanish
1: music. De, I'm going to butcher this, but Gense. Duranguense
0: Duranguense <laughs> <Durangense,
1: laughs> and then La Musica de Michoacán that, those sort of nuances they were completely lost I mean.
0: yeah I mean con- country music has so cut, uh, and we've even talked about like sub subgenres genres of country music <laughs> yeah, is, we have. yeah you know like drinking and tr- driving trucks
1: barnstorming yeah, yeah
0: or like you know love or heartbreak Break or whatever all right. it's all country but you can like hear the D- the different styles. Like if you listen to I don't know, who sings cats in the cradle?
1: Harry Chapin
0: that like, completely different than whoever sings chicken fried. I, I mean, I know the songs. Here's the thing about me. I know the songs, but I don't know the artists. So like, Luke Bryant, completely different from I don't know, Jason Aldean or something.
1: Well, I mean, you could argue that they fall into the kind of barnstorming type genre, but I mean... I mean, like
0: the style, the instruments, the... Sure,
1: and and beyond my butchering of the genres, there are legitimate ones such as, like, bluegrass um, and, you know, kind of more of a regional approach than what you get out of Nashville Mm -hmm. and and on the radio, I think, but by no means am I a country uh, (laughs) expert. Yeah, I would say I'm a um an amateur or at least you know uh i have an active interest in it
0: i guess just like the tip of the iceberg of country music
1: yeah i, I mean i know my artists i know my songs but uh the deeper trends of the industry mm-hmm. you know i might not be the best person to, yeah. to dive into that
0: yeah um i mean so I'll, I'll i'll talk about i guess my experience with country music yeah well, first I'll talk about my experience with Spanish music. Yeah. Okay. So I grew up listening to um, a lot of reggaeton. I was an eight-year-old kid in the backseat of my mom's car blasting music. Hi, mom. If you're listening to this, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a lot of um, mainstream, you know, like Daddy Yankee, but also like Evie Queen and Tengo Calderon. Yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of Duranguense. Again, my mom. Thanks, mom. Hi, if you're listening to this, she's from Durango, so Duranguense ran deep in our blood, in our family's blood. Um, you know, parties and stuff. There would be like live bandas playing there, and they would play all like I guess you could call them the classics that you know everyone is familiar with. Um, and same with like Duranguense that would be played at parties. Reggaeton, not really. Reggaeton was more of like a car ride. Type. And it's just so weird. Because, like, reggaeton was more of like a car ride type of music. But party music was like Duranguense, Banda, Zapateado, and all that stuff. And then um, Spanish house cleaning music is like, um trying to think, like, Juan Gabriel, Los Temerarios. I don't know, freaking Banda Maguey or something. Like, there's just so many... So many different types of Spanish music for certain situations, yeah, yeah. That, certain moods, certain I've situations, noticed. yeah, certain moods, certain situations. Like, there's party Spanish music, and there's heartbreak Spanish music, and then there's like
1: cleaning, maybe. cleaning music, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so I like picked up on that as a kid, and it even just kind of like translated into like late teens and adulthood. Now it's like when I'm cleaning, I have my Spanish cleaning
1: oh, playlist.
0: Yes. When we're on a long drive I have my, you know, like travel playlist for like, right. you know, Spanish music and stuff like that. Or if we're at a party or whatever, like I have my list like my genres, my list of go-to songs for those um certain situations and 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 moods. As for country music, my aunt um is a huge Tim McGraw fan.
1: That was something that we had in common early on.
0: Yeah. Appreciation
1: for Tim McGraw.
0: Yeah. Hello, Auntie, if you're listening to this. um, I'm sorry I didn't force myself to listen to country music. It's actually great. Anyways, so yeah, so she listened to a lot of Tim McGraw. Um, Big, big fan of him. And whenever we would travel and... By travel, I mean we would, like, drive to Idaho because we have family over there. She would just listen to country music the entire way. And I would hate having to ride with her, which is why I never rode with her. I always rode with my grandparents because that's all she played. And I would get just so annoyed, like, oh, this is so boring. Like, put some Spanish music on because that's what I was used to. Mm -hmm. So I grew up just – Hating country music. I thought it was so annoying. I thought it was boring. And just like. I mean, but I was a kid. So I didn't really pay too much attention to the lyrics. And I think that for Spanish music. It's like, you know. It has its catchy beats and stuff.
1: Yeah, but I am sensing uh, some similarities in our our stories here. So, you know. It's that personal relationship or connection to the music. That is somewhat similar to how we, we started. So with me, my dad listen to country was forced to that was you know how I started off on it and then you growing up no matter what the situation was cleaning you know partying driving it was you know Spanish music music.
0: yeah right
1: so then when you were exposed to a country but it was out of you know a situation that had you know, been similar to your exposure to Spanish music, you had no connection to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you viewed it as, as annoying or, yeah. you know, some of the stereotypes that country kind of evokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and I guess you're right. Yeah. I mean, my mom would drive me every day or almost every day wherever we went or, you know, we would clean and it was just like the same. It was it was routine um, versus country music. That, that trip happened once a year. So I wasn't really used to listening to country music like that.
1: Yeah. So uh, something that you said early on, uh, you know, really stuck with me. And I wonder if you can touch upon when you were uh, moving away to college and your aunt exposed you to that one Tim McGraw song. Oh, my gosh. What what I really like to focus on (laughs) here, though, is it kind of started that emotional attachment to a different genre. Oh, my
0: gosh. What is that song called? Humble and Kind, Tim McGraw. Fuck, that sucks. Here's the thing, all right, I moved away to college three blocks from my grandparent's house. (laughs) Pretty far. It's not like I moved, like, hours away or to a different state or to the other side of the country. Like, I moved three blocks down from home, and it was my first year of college. I was living by myself, and I was just drowning in homework and so i hadn't seen my family in i don't know two weeks and it was Oh, <laughs> well, that could be a long time when you're not it, used to it yeah i mean seeing them 24 7 versus not seeing them you know the pandemic showed us
1: what that can do for you know people that are adults
0: yeah yeah so i mean i was like freshly eh, freshly 18 i was 18 going on 19 i have a late birthday so i was like 18 going on 19 and first time living alone um and I was just sad and lonely like all of my roommates had left for the weekend they went to go see their family but I decided to stay because I really needed to get some homework done and also I was um rushing a sorority so while well, I was going through their recruitment process so I was like super busy with that I was just I was just busy drowning and, and stuff and my aunt just randomly sends me a a YouTube link to that song Mm -hmm. and I listened to it. And then there was a line about like, I don't know, like hug your grandpa or something or something like that. And like, I was missing my grandparents and I was like, Oh, this is a sad song. And then it it said that line of like your grandparents or something. And I lost it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot I was stuck between I can't keep listening to this song and I need to keep listening to this song because Mm -hmm. I don't think I have ever cried that hard for a song ever. Like there, there have been songs obviously that like tug at your heartstrings and stuff and you're like, Oh, my heart. But this one, because I was in such a like vulnerable position that just like tipped me over the edge, I guess.
1: Well, I can completely um, sympathize with that, actually. I had a time in college when you know I had moved away. It was uh, my first year of actually being uh, moved out uh, and in a different town. And another country song really stuck with me. Um, it's The House That Built Me by Miranda mm-hmm. Lambert. And um, basically the whole premise of this song is she's grown up, she's moved out, the house is sold. And uh, she finds herself back in her hometown, and she decides to go to the house that she grew up in—the house that built her—and it's and it's owned by someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's just her journey walking through this house that had so many memories to her, mm-hmm. and mentions of her parents and and their relationships. And it it just took me, you know, right down, broke me right down, made me miss my parents and everything. And you know, what am I doing at school? Am I failing? by <laughs> yeah. letting my parents down whatnot. But it, it's very interesting that you had a similar experience with another country song that it, it kind of brought you back to your roots, you know, and it made you, um, you know, have a, a great sense of longing. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the, the great powers of um, country as, as a genre, mm-hmm. great strengths.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess how, how has our relationship influenced our taste in music? um long car rides and forcing each other to listen to our favorite songs yes yeah i think that's basically well and and even like so like uh, when i'm cleaning the house or something or when i'm taking a shower i put music on
1: right and and i know what mood it is based off of the (laughs) type of music we're listening (laughs) to i know what to get prepared for as far as cleaning for the day yeah uh, no, but I I have um, really appreciated the exposure to, um, you know, the types of music that you love that I now would say that I love, whether it be Maluma, Bad Bunny, Reggaeton, Calle Trece. But I didn't know that there was nuances between, say, you know, Reggaeton, Cumbia,
0: mm, or, bachata, or,
1: you know, Mark like Anthony, me. you know. Salsa. Salsa. So,
0: salsa. <laughs>
1: salsa. That's something I certainly attribute to you. And I have such an appre- appreciation for it. Like, um, um, Isald, or Valentin Elizalde. Valentin Elizalde. Uh-huh. Um, tremendous respect for him as an artist. And his yeah. music is, 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 is tr- it's phenomenal, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Um, and there are so many other artists like that that I have, uh, you know, a great appreciation for because um having been exposed to them yeah. you know, by you.
0: And I really appreciate that about you is that, like, you listen to this music and you may not completely understand everything that they say, but, like, I tell you about them, like, for example, Valentina Elizalde or Juan Sebastian, um, and you, like, learn about them, like, you're you're willing you're willing to learn first of all you're willing to learn about sure, them and then sure. when you do learn about them you develop this respect for them the same way that like myself and like my I guess I guess my people respect these artists
1: absolutely
0: and as far as country music oh gosh I hated it but now I turn, on the, and I turn on the country yeah. station on the radio you there's really some do. pretty good country music So, like, we share a Spotify, um, and he has his own country playlist, but then I have my country playlist called Yeehaw. (laughs) And then in regards to, like, the subgenres of country music, I have another playlist called Yeehaw, but make it romantic. Ah, So, it's, like, all, like, the country love song versus, like, drinking beer in the back of a pickup truck or something.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, we've been together, what, a little over four years now? Uh Yeah and
1: i would say that my musical taste uh and command of and respect for music in general has grown exponentially
0: over that time mm-hmm. um, i'd say the same thing about country music yeah yeah
1: i i, I honestly think my life would be um, more dull if I hadn't been exposed to reggaeton and <laughs> the various no. other genres and artists uh, from your selections, I think.
0: I think I would not be able to properly express my feelings without country music. That,
1: that, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah,
0: I'm not yeah. very good with words, but when I listen to a song and I listen to a good song, I'm just like, yep, this one's for you.
1: That's the one.
0: Yeah.
1: Te lo Te, te rico. la dedico. Yeah. Te la dedico.
0: Te yeah. la dedico. Alrighty. Well, that wraps up our episode of what's up with relationships influencing music taste. Um, let us know what you think. We will put the podcast Instagram on in the link in the in the description. So follow us there. Feel free to comment on our posts. We will be posting every time we post a um, new podcast, we'll post um, on our Instagram. And then Nick and I will also be posting our Instagrams in the description if you want to follow us there and um, interact with us. And yeah, that that concludes our first episode together. What's up with with Nick and Erica, Erica and Nick.
1: Yeah. Thanks for spending time with us. Take care. Until next time.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.